Hi, I'm Gavin Giovanoni. I'm the Professor of Neurology at Bath's in the London. And today I'm going to try and review the theory behind why antiviral therapies uh, may work in multiple sclerosis. You probably uh, were already aware that the virus that causes uh, so-called glandular fever or infectious mononucleosis, Epstein-Barr virus, may cause multiple sclerosis. The causal theory of EBV is based really on studying the disease, multiple sclerosis in the general population, the so-called epidemiological uh, evidence. So people who have EBV uh, or infectious mononucleosis are at higher risk of getting MS than people who don't uh, have EBV. In fact, people who don't get EBV are protected from getting multiple sclerosis. And there's a whole lot of other evidence um, behind this. Now, how does EBV cause multiple sclerosis? We don't know. We just know that there's this very strong association that we think is causal. And that's why we're exploring uh, ways of uh, trying to prevent EBV infection with vaccines to prevent multiple sclerosis. Another theory, though, is Epstein-Barr virus, uh, by being active in the body, uh, continually active in the body, may be driving uh, MS disease activity by stimulating the immune system. Another thing that uh, Epstein-Barr virus does, it actually wakes up the so-called dormant uh, or sleeping viruses in the human genome, and these are called human endogenous retroviruses or HERBs. Now, when HERBs come out of the genome, um, they can potentially replicate or become competent viruses. Uh, and that in itself, uh, or the proteins they produce, may stimulate so-called innate immunity to boost or increase the chances of you getting uh, autoimmune disease. And there's a lot of circumstantial evidence how waking up human endogenous retroviruses from our genomes uh, triggers uh, autoimmunity. Saying that, though, um, trying to get this theory uh, accepted by the MS community has been uh, difficult. Uh, and there are some trials, well, there was a trial going on of an antibody, a monoclonal antibody treatment that blocked one of the uh, endogenous retroviral proteins, the so-called envelope protein that was thought to stimulate the innate immunity. Uh, unfortunately, that trial in terms of its primary outcome was negative, but there's some hints in that trial that the drug may have had an effect. Stepping back though, um, we had a case report that we published many years ago now, well, over 10 years ago, of a, a young man who had quite bad MS, very active MS, and he unfortunately got infected with the HIV virus that causes AIDS, and he was put onto antiretroviral therapies. And when he went onto the antiretrovirals, his MS went into remission and disappeared in a sense. He, he became inactive. Since publishing that case report, we've seen other case reports showing a similar thing, and there's now quite a few patients contacted us from across the world, people with MS, explaining to us that similar things had happened to them, going on to antiretrovirals, the MS disease activity went into remission. So we then did an epidemiological study where we looked at all the admissions of patients to hospital, the so-called hospital episode statistics, and we showed in England, using NHS data, that people who are HIV positive and the majority would, would have been on antiretroviral therapies because the study was done in the period where we didn't leave HIV untreated. People were on antiretrovirals. It reduced your risk of getting MS by way over 60%, particularly in the most current epoch. It was even higher than that. And subsequently, 
Um, this data has now been reproduced by other groups, and I'm aware that a publication's coming out from British Columbia showing the same thing. So the question is, is it the HIV infection or the antiretrovirals that protect you from getting MS? And we think it may be the antiretrovirals. And the reason why I say that, though, is that although these uh, drugs that are used to treat HIV, that we, what we call heart, highly active antiretrovirals, potentially also work against those retroviruses that get woken up in the genome. But some of them also have activity against Epstein-Barr virus. And uh, with all this knowledge, we, we, we try to get funding um, about eight years ago, even longer now, to try uh, highly active antiretrovirals in multiple sclerosis. And we had our grants turned down we went to all the companies that make antiretrovirals. That's Gilead Sciences in California. We tried Vive, which is a company owned by GSK and Pfizer. Uh, and they also said no. Uh, and eventually we managed to get the US Merck um, um, to agree, or at least understand this hypothesis. And they agreed to fund a small trial of one of their antiretroviral drugs called Raltegravir. Um, in MS, and we did the trial, and unfortunately, that didn't work. Now, the thing about raltegravir, although it's an antiretroviral, it's a so-called integrase inhibitor. In other words, it inhibits the enzyme that allows the retroviruses to go back into our DNA, into our genomes. And that's very downstream of all these other things we've been talking about, how EBV and, and, and herbs interact and the proteins that herbs produce. So um, we don't think our negative study is uh, important in terms of the overall strategy to continue trying um, uh, antiviral therapies in MS. So uh, we were very excited to hear that a, um, a group in Harvard had managed to get some funding in place, and hopefully we're starting a small study of highly active antiretrovirals uh, in MS, and this may nudge the MS community to uh, wake up and, and think about taking this forward. So I personally think that uh, the antiviral therapies in MS needs to go forward. I think we have more than enough evidence that uh, EBV and retroviruses, um, herbs, endogenous retroviruses, play a role uh, in multiple sclerosis. And we should be testing uh, antiviral therapies uh, in people with MS to see if it can stop this disease, like these anecdotal cases. Uh, or can be used as a disease-modifying therapy. Now, we call this a paradigm shift. You know, at the moment, everybody thinks that MS is an autoimmune disease, and that's the dogma. Um, the evidence that MS is autoimmune disease is based mainly on animal studies and some of what we see under the microscope. It's not necessarily autoimmune disease. So the viral hypothesis of MS is what we would call a paradigm shift. It's taking uh, the MS community will have to think differently about the disease. Uh, and whenever there is a paradigm shift, it often takes quite a lot of effort to shift the uh, research community to thinking differently uh, about the disease. So, um, you know, based on my experience with uh, getting funding and getting trials uh, off the ground, um, I'm not that confident that we're going to be able to convince anybody to fund uh, anti an antiretroviral trial sometime soon. But uh, I'm not going to give up. Um, my colleague, Professor Julian Gold, who came to me literally, uh, I think it was around about uh, 2010 or earlier, um, with this observation that antiretrovirals uh, made a difference in this individual case. Um, 
uh, we set up this project called the Sharko project, which is really to explore the viral etiology hypothesis of uh, MS. And one of the ways you explore viral hypothesis is by doing experiments, in other words, trying to treat multiple sclerosis with antivirals to see if you can suppress the disease activity. I think we're probably going to get a better chance of uh, targeting not the human endogenous retroviruses, but the Epstein-Barr virus, because there's quite a lot of uh, enthusiasm, interest, and uh, momentum now around Epstein-Barr virus. Uh, and I think, you know, we should probably make the case that these antiviral therapies are working uh, against EBV rather than uh, endogenous retroviruses. Anyway, uh, I hope you found this uh, podcast and this newsletter of interest. It is a little bit out the box, but that's uh, what's important. If you are, uh, if you have MS or you know somebody got MS, uh, we do need outside the box thinking uh, if we want to tackle this uh, and change the lives of uh, people with multiple sclerosis. If you haven't uh, become a paid subscriber and you can afford to, I'd appreciate it. I'm using the subscriptions uh, uh, to uh, pay for a um, uh, an accompanying website where all of these uh, newsletters will be curated uh, and indexed for other people with the disease. Thank you.